Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. This is our team-by-team analysis series. It is North Melbourne. The Blue Baggers. Is it the Blue Baggers? What are they no, called? No, it's definitely oh. not the Blue Baggers. <laughs> the Kangaroos, mate. Kangaroos, Kangaroos yeah, basically. is So irrelevant, you the called shin, them a different the shin name. The Shinboners. Wow. Well, wow. Something's getting boned. And um, <laughs> look, you've really just thrown a massive <laughs> spanner. All, f- all five North Melbourne supporters, which I know hey, are five hey, of them, hey, just hey, hey, they are, oh, they are a growing side. Uh, hashtag sorry, Damien Gunn, uh, Blue Baggers, Shin Boners. <laughs> and um, look, they are very, very, very super coach relevant this year, guys. So it will be an interesting session. Uh, outside of uh, Chris's Zeeble chat, but it has value. <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to get swung. It has value, and um, there's something to go there. But before we move on, it's inside of 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on the YouTube, Chris? Yeah, just just search for Supercoach Insider. Just go on really, really well, and, um, and catch up on our most recent uh, team pods where we discuss where our teams look and go we. into round one. You mean um, you and I? You and we? yeah, obviously we're, we're missing a Swiss, <laughs> missing a Swiss there. A Swiss does he rates other people's teams, but just right, not right, his right. own. <laughs> my my team's already winning the fifty k, so I don't need to oh. talk about that. <laughs> and that's right. why you're not sharing, mate. I'll, a lot of people comment in and they they write in, they send an email, and they say the three of us, the <laughs> three of us together, the three of us together are a tight unit it, where we're like it, we're Lewis. like the Swiss Army knife, except the you're Swiss not delivering. With a Swiss Army knife, except you're not delivering, my man, and uh, you need to get your team up on the line so people can't can check it Can't be a Swiss out. Army knife without the Swiss, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be Swiss cheesy, but, um, yeah, get your shit out there. So North Melbourne are definitely very, very relevant. And to lead us into this discussion, Swiss, you're going to talk about ins, outs, and their oh. fixture. And then oh. we've got a lot of um, relevant players, particularly the cheap end because nothing says cheap like North Melbourne. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Joking. I'm joking. That's our one joke. One joke, one joke. Uh, I am really excited for them. I think I own a few. We get one each, right? (laughs) Yeah, so that's Swizz done. That's me done. Chris has one up his sleeve. Oh, your joke's evil. Uh, You're done as well. So Swizz, hit us up. Okay. Um, Yeah. Well, they they're not winning the spoon, didn't they? Finished eighteenth. Uh, <laughs> <one. laughs> Why to sell it? You sound as enthusiastic as Chris. I've like, done, so, I've done so much research. It's like <laughs> yeah, no, no, so, no, yeah no. just search for us on uh, YouTube, Supercoach Inside. It's going all right. Like no, you act, act enthusiastic. All right, so they did. They they finished eighteenth, as we know. They only won the two games of the season. Unfortunately, one of them was against Richmond um, when they what, changed the coach, and that the other one was West Coast. Both the worst attack and defense in the league. 12 scores of 61 and under, including scores of 24 and 32. Six scores of 120 kicked against them. Um, obviously, they're super coach relevant because it's all about that pie. If you're getting smashed in games and that, your team's getting none of that pie. The big question is how does Alistair Clarkson change their game plan? Obviously, the goat of the coaches comes in. Um, so who's he starting midfield? How does his halfbacks line up? And that's sort of been the discussions around preseason. 
And does he give some of those younger guys the first crack or is it the new recruits? And there's a few of them that we will talk about. Uh, so they, they rank 11th for experience and 13th for age. So not even the youngest team around. Uh, their ends are Blake Jury. A lot of talk about him um, from the rookie draft. Out. Sorry? <laughs> Jury's out. out. Jury's out. Yep. Um, <laughs> Hamish Free also from the rookie draft. Likes uh, oh, got... to let it hang. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Braden George, number 26 pick. What a great number. Cooper Two Harvey, names. 56, the father-son of the of absolutely the GOAT. goat. Um, Daniel Howell, rookie draft. And then these Howl big ones. You got uh, George Wardlaw, who was the number four pick. Harry Sheasel, the number three pick. So Wardlaw is the um, the gun inside midfielder. Just had a couple of, I think, hamstring concerns that last year, which probably pushed him back from being. Well, obviously Ashcroft was the number one guy, but the clear number two, and it was probably level with Ashcroft at times last year. Um, Sheasel's more that, well, I don't want to say wingard type, but yeah, that exciting. Um, uh, let's go more Petrarca type, you know, that half forward is going to really, yeah, impact games. Um, um, from there, I don't think he's going to be ever like a pure midfielder, but yeah, he's going to be that kind of hybrid type um, for his career. Um, they've also brought in the two Freo boys in Griffin Logue and Darcy Tucker through trades and one of Clarko's favourites in Liam Shields. So they're out. They've lost Jed Anderson, one of Clarko's not favourite boys, and that's gone up to the Gold Coast. At two, Busca Vellani, I think that's it. Um, uh, he's got delisted. Kyron Hayden also delisted. Uh, Tom Lynch, the Adelaide version, he has retired, but he was more there on a coaching role. Matt McGuinness delisted. Jared Pollock finally delisted. <laughs> early, delisted early, paid paid, paid off out. to never paid, play again take for eight hundred thousand dollars. This club now. How bad do you have to be for a team to go? You know what? We'll just pay you your money and get out. Like <laughs> it's you know it's it's the um, money ball scene and that. No, they're paying you three point five million to play against us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how much they think of you. <laughs> what a fall from grace, though. For a guy who got and went, oh, I'm going to Port Adelaide to go home and then yeah. go, was, oh, no, I'm not going there. I'm chasing. And fair enough. He, tra- yeah, he chased Trip, the money mate. and that's probably the only money he was getting. Um, yeah. yeah, I love they to also see it, had, um, <laughs> um They also had uh, Dan Howe join them, obviously, uh, oh, yeah, for SPP. Yeah. So, yeah, another so, one. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not sure. Yeah. I did say Dan Howe really in there. I'm sure I said Yeah, I said Howler. Yeah, oh, hell, yeah. Um, whatever. Um, Josh Walker also out. Patrick Walker so delisted, and then the massive trade: Jason Horn Francis back to Port Adelaide. So that's um, nice. a lot of a lot of ins, a lot of outs there. Some big names uh, that. So it'll be interesting to see, especially from a super coach perspective, how much uh, impact some of these guys have. Uh, their fixture naturally, it's going to be a little bit soft. They play the Bombers, Gold Coast. Hawthorne, St Kilda, West Coast all twice, but also have the D's, so naturally a tough one there. First four is West Coast home, Freo away, Hawthorne away, and then Carlton at home. Last three, the Bombers, Richmond, and Gold Coast. They've got the round 15 by 18th hardest, which would be the easiest draw out there. So that's a bit of a rundown of North Melbourne. Straight into those premiums, and they've got two, but one in particular, and that's LDU. And he's obviously been a big talking point for people this year because he's in that bracket, as we've talked about already, Tom Green, Tom Mitchell, and um, Noah Anderson. So he's the fourth of the of the quads there. Um, Chris and I were talking about during the um, Gold Coast Gold Coast. Um, 
um, summary when we're talking about Anderson. I have Anderson ahead of LDU. I think Chris had LDU ahead of Anderson, but I think they're three and four in that picking order behind Tom Green and Tom Mitchell for most people. Still very light, obviously, um, you know, the way he was kind of finishing last year, I, I just had some question marks about how um, Clarko is going to sort of play and set up his ga- game outside of Tom Mitchell. Never really had those super coach relevant gun midfielders. So we've always talked about, you know, your Sam Mitchells and your Luke, Luke Hodges, your Cyrils, um, all the guys I've sort of ran through there when Hawthorne were flying, um, where they were never, um, you know, the massive 120 guys. You know, players that can run both ways, play as a team and that. So that's a bit of my worry about him coming in. But he is in 7% of sides. So if you boys, what do you think about the um, LDU? Yeah, well, I, I like I hate to be the guy that just keeps bringing up CBAs. But, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of... It, it, it's who, who gave you access? Who gave you right. access? That's so... So he was, he actually um, was their second uh, biggest midfielder for uh, CBAs behind Jai Simpkin, who had 84%. But in the first part of the year, he went 65%, 14, 52, 67, 52, 60. He had one game of 93, then 65, 74, 46, 58. And then they had the buy. And then after the buy, what we know is he averaged 110 post buy. So this is where he picked up his averages. He started the, the round post by 85, 89, 83, 83, 85, 78, 80, 71, 86, 84. So it's completely linked to his role. So my biggest gripe with that is they're having all of these guys that apparently are all playing midfield now. So they've got the 17 midfielders, don't they? Um, so Ben Cunnington's come back and he said he's going to slot straight in alongside Jai Simpkin, the now captain, and of course LDU. Um, as their main three. I do believe that. I do believe that that is kind of their their, their, their big three in the midfield. Um, and then but you also have Tom Power pushing back in. You've got Will Phillips, of course, who's um, who's back on the radar and he seems to be the guy that is going to be in there taking some. Um, you've also got, obviously, Wardlaw that wants to get some CBAs. Cheezer um, will get some at some point. Um, you know, there is quite a lot of... Hugh McDonald as well can run through. Yeah, you've also got Zerha. Oh, Hugh Greenwood? Actually, Sorry, Hugh, Hugh Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah, Hugh McDonald, yeah. yeah um, Zerha was obviously uh, was, was doing that too um, yeah. in the in the trial game just gone. So where exactly does that leave him in terms of CBAs? Because that screams to me, if he's not getting above 80% CBAs, then he's not going to be a valid super coach scorer. So do you guys, and this is a question... Do you guys think that that is going to be sustainable for him this year? Is he going to be able to get, with all those guys coming back in, 80% CBA is guaranteed week in, week out? No. I, I think, think the other is. issue is is that he only had four scores over 125, which kind of links in. And, and I know it's not a huge factor because he only had the good role for the back end of the year, and he did average 110. But when you look at the top eight to ten midfielders, a lot of them have scope. Like, they can hurt you. They can go absolutely big. And maybe we just haven't seen it yet. So it could be there. We just haven't seen it. Um, I'm just probably, yeah, hesitant, I guess, as to whether I would probably, you know, start him, to be honest. I, yeah. I, like, I like him as a pick. I, I really do. But um, for me, I like him as a pick 70 because to, 70 to 80%. It's, a, it's a pick that I would in traditionally pass. I'd go, yeah, I want that guy because he's in super low pod. And I just want him because I, I want him to work out just for me, for my stupid ego. That's the sort of pick that that is for me. 
Whereas when I look at the facts and the figures and I look at it practically and I go, hmm, actually, maybe it's not all there. And I still think he goes all right. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think he approaches the like 110 for a season that he's going to need to have at his price to be a M8 keeper. Because that's that's the, the borderline. What we saw last year is that there were, uh, I think, 15 players that averaged 110 plus. So it's not even top 10 anymore. It's top 15 to 20 almost. And I don't think that he's going to be in that group. I think he's just slightly below that still. Um, unless, of course, he gets you know 80% for the entire year. There's a big injury in that midfield. Maybe Jai Simpkin goes to... If Jai Simpkin was to go down with an injury, all of a sudden he's the number one midfielder. But right now, as of last year, it, Simpkin was actually leading the CBAs. So by a long, long shot, by an absolute mile, um, especially early in that season. And even late, Simpkin was still 90%, 90%, 90%. Yeah, it's... it's so... That's funny and you talk about that pod thing, though, because I, I get that whole pod feeling on ego and, and the rest of it, and I, I think Parrish. If there's a guy I'm starting at 3% and with their early draw, and, and especially when it gets you know around 10 onwards as well, that's that's where the ego comes in because I'm like, well, you're passing on someone who might have higher ownership and scope for a guy you kind of think, hey, this guy could really tear up and just go that option just because your gut feel kind of says, hey, they could probably do well. Yeah, um, sometimes you same need to. Same reason why stay... I want to start Kelly, just to piss you off and. Boost my ego. <laughs> hey, I'd, I, oh, I implore anyone to start. <laughs> I implore anyone to start Josh Kelly. And the worst part was I didn't just cop it on the GWS pod, which I apologise about my audio, I, yeah, settings mistake. But also, uh, Doctor Supercoach and their Slack and stuff. People start talking about is Josh Kelly an option? I'm like, no. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Copying it from everywhere. So I say, like, hey, it's everyone, funny. start through. I think even Supercoach Mama was getting on there saying, oh, like, yeah, Josh, yeah, Kelly. Teases everyone every year, and some people are like, oh, he can't be discredited. And I'm like, why am I in this conversation? So, <laughs> why yeah, you? everyone has those players. So I suppose are we all three in agreement? Then he's just really unlikely. But like, good on him if he does. But it's not someone that we're banking on as a as a starting selection. No. Yeah, draft. I'd take him at overs 105. I think there's a if you go halfway between 100 and 110, I think there's a little bit of scope each way. I think at 105, like, you know, he he's going to be all right. Yeah. And he'll he'll yeah. have those games where he'll, he'll win a game for you, you know. He's going to he's going to have absolutely big games. But I, yeah, I just don't think is there's not really a I don't see there's not a, he's not crying out as a selection. North aren't getting any better anytime soon. Like they're not an absolute going to win 10 games this year, are they? I mean, well, maybe you know Clarko is, is going to would have to pull an absolute miracle to turn their list around in three months. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's just, it's a no-go zone. Yep. No, no Sounds sense. good. Who's the next primo? Uh, well, we've got to discuss him and that, even though just because of his price and that, but Aaron Hall, 538. Yep. Um, I, I'll let you guys discuss this one because I've actually <laughs> had questions about about him and that. And I, people ask, oh, could, I, could I potentially start Hall? And I'm just like, no. He just no, he's been can't. he's been injured. He's right. been injured again, and the yeah. problem is if he. The question I think on people's lips are: if he lines up round one and he's playing in that role that he that seagull role that he plays, where it's you know Zebel intercept marks, handballs the hole, hole butchers it, gets the ball back, kicks it to someone, butchers it again, and gets three possessions <laughs> in the space of thirty seconds. Um, we like we saw in that game where he even got injured last year because the dogs. I think he scored seventy at half, like half time. Just yeah. ridiculous scorer. So we know if he's on the park, he can potentially go one twenty. 
it's how long he can stay in the park. And it might only be two weeks. It could be 12. Like that, that's from my view. I, like I made a joke earlier today, um, which, which actually could be true, by the way, is like, I was like, who's taking the kick-ins? You know, Zeebel should be the one taking kick-ins because yeah, Aaron Hall's one long kick away from doing another hammy. And that's absolutely true because I saw him take a kick-in and literally bust a hammy and, and he kicked it long and went, oh, maybe I put a little bit too much into that. That is how like on a knife's edge, his hamstrings are in that if he has, if he extends it from kicking a football too much, he will do another hammy and he's out. So yeah, it's just a, he's a flight risk. Absolutely. I don't think you can start him at all. I, I had a great question over the weekend. We've come from one of our cricket guys. Where do you take him in draft? Oh, it's the ultimate question. I hate it. it. I'm not hate getting it. him at true value. I'm letting someone else take him. For I, sure. I, I, I'll let I, someone I'm else good. take him at that average. There's enough good defenders. I don't need to take him. Yeah, that, that's my that's my problem. I look at defenders around there and go, I just take him. But somebody, you know, someone is, and the problem is they're either getting. You're going to end up being the. That's going to be the week you play them, and Hall's going to play and go one. <laughs> He's going to go you're one. Gonna be like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> uh, so. But uh, yeah, I thought there was an awesome question. It might have been Forty that asked me that. It was just brilliant. And even well, to, what to uh, do with him in a keeper league and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, for just a normal draft, great. So in regards to kick-ins, in regards to Aaron Hall, he only took 60 last year, but you have to say that that's probably because he was injured for a lot of the other games. The actual leader, club leader, was uh, Luke McDonald on 75 um, and then Aiden Call with 60. Um, who, who equals um, Hall. But then you also have Stevenson, who's not playing in defence. He had 38 last year. Lockie Young, who's probably not best 22 at 18. Bailey Scott, he's probably not playing down there anymore. Zeebel actually popped in for 14 last year. I don't even know. I don't remember those games. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly hadn't touched the ball and he's just ran he's down just, and gone. <laughs> Give me he's the ball, like, boys. I'm down, I'm down here, boys. Just let, it, let's let, let me show you how it's done, all right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it actually is the, the, the shirt's perfect it's uh, generally the seagulls on that because these guys just oh. seagull kickouts from each other like oh i haven't touched the ball in a while like give me the yeah. ball. absolutely like he's playing half forward but you know they're so far pushed into their defense that they're just like oh well, well i'm down here mate it's all good i'll take a few um and look i'm not sure i just don't remember him playing like basically anything behind the ball last year but yeah he had 14 um so I suppose that we, do you want us to we discuss Zebel? I've got, I've got, as well, part I'm going to go this. into the breakouts and that, and one one of he was second on my list. So let's touch him now, right. and that um, the 356k forward currently it's not actually highly owned at all. I think he's in two percent. Um, so definitely, I know somebody that you want to talk about, Chris. So go ahead, mate. This is yours. Yeah, well, I think most people who have played Supercoach for more than 12 months would know that. Um, you know, two years ago, Jack Zebel was an absolute revelation and basically every single person had him because he was, what do we, what was his starting price? Like 220, 230K? Yeah, yeah, yeah bugger all. Um, 257. 257, had an absolute blind of a preseason, you know, was, a, was mooted to move down back, move, did move down back and then just played like the most super coach friendly role you've ever seen from a defender. Eight weeks, Very, within eight rounds, he was 5.99. Yeah, um, which was unbelievable. Um, a keeper averaged 107 for the season, led the kick-ins by a whopping, he had 148 kick-ins and the next, he played on 92% of the time. 
The next best was Aaron Hall with 96 that year. And then there was a few with like six and five and et cetera. So basically if he wasn't doing it, then Aaron Hall was doing it. And he he led by over 50 on Aaron Hall those years. Um, so, you know, new coach comes in and says, actually, yeah, you're not a forward. Um, well, don't get me wrong. You can offer us something there, but we've seen you play your best football. It's as a halfback flanker, which is absolutely true. Um, and said, yep, okay, cool. So Jack Zebel himself came out in uh, a press conference the other day and said, yeah, I'm actually moving back behind the ball. I had a chat with Clarko. Clarko said he wants to see me play behind the ball again. Um, and that's why I've been training all preseason. He's had a fantastic preseason. So the concerns, obviously, that you know, he did that two years ago. He was 30 at the time or 29 turning 30. He's now 31 turning 32 this year. So he's had the, you know, a couple more years older. He's a little bit more expensive. So instead of being 250K, he's now 350K. Um, but if you have a look, my, my biggest thing is I have a look at their back six or back seven players, and there really hasn't been too many changing parts. So outside of Logue, so Logue's obviously one that's going to come in. He is a great intercepting defender, but he's going to have to play big in this lineup. So the three bigs are going to be Buckets, obviously, um, uh, Logue and Core. So those are the you know, three defensive bigs. Uh, Core can play small and big and, and um, that often plays in the big rucks and things like that as well. Um, but I see Logue as it, basically what Rob, Robbie Tarrant was playing that exact same role two years ago. So it's no change in terms of their structure. And then the three other guys, again, it's going to be Aaron Hall, Jack Zebel, and Luke McDonald. So that's their back six, in my opinion. I can't see that changing. They do have guys, obviously, on the outer um, or guys looking to transition to that halfback line. So think guys like... Um, Taron Thomas, who's obviously been rumored to want yeah. to be in that mix. We also know that Clarko plays, likes to play a seventh defender um, and will play like a Sicily guy behind the ball. Who, in your opinion, out of those seven guys is more like Sicily than anyone else? Go uh, You know what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, I- like I think Zeebel's the more the one and that. Like there's there's calls shown that he could do it in that little space at uh, GWS, but at GWS, um, yep, and that so there there is some um, data around that core could be, but you're more likely to let Zebel run around and do whatever he wants, and yep. core, you know, the, it could be a a matchup situation where teams that have the three key forwards, uh, and we talked about, I think with Melbourne, like core would have to lock down, and then Zebel becomes more that loose guide. There might be games where they go, okay, no, just because of you know, maybe age or different stuff, we'll, we'll let it be core. But I think Zeebel's more the most likely. And we've seen it. We, I know you talked about age there, but we've seen guys like Shannon Hearn, for example, still at 35, just able to run around and do whatever they want because nobody's yeah, when time the, in them. There's no one on them. It doesn't and, matter. And, they, and they've got the <laughs> the natural footy IQ, like Zeebel being yeah. like the leader and everything. He knows what positions he needs to run in, um, knows when to zone off. So He's the most logical person. They also got the most out of his body that if probably of his whole career because he played 21 games in the role. Um, so I, I just seem, you know, we don't yet know, of course, how Clarko is going to approach the, his game style there. All we can really model off is how it was at Hawthorne, which could be a little bit outdated. So I'm not saying that, you know, how he played two, you know, three years ago is going to be the same as how um, North are going to play now. I think that there will be changes, so that's something to be wary of. Um, but I still think that he will play a loose behind the ball. I don't think that that's going to necessarily change at all. 
how the ball moves may be different. So there may not be like a huge, I remember the Hawks, you know, Brian Lake had what, 21 marks or something in, in a game at one point. I don't think that that's necessarily going to be their sort of real possession style game. If it is, holy crap, we've got D1, we've got F1, sorry, at, um, at 350K. But I think it will be, they will try and switch the ball quite a lot and they'll be switching through guys that, that can use the football. Um, for deep kicking again, you know, he, he doesn't have the hamstring issues that an Aaron Hall has. So, yeah, he's going to be an outlet kick there. Does he take over the kick-ins again? Is he the one that goes back there and takes that over? Obviously, Luke McDonald had um, 75 last year. But when um, the year that, uh, that Zebel was back down there, he only took uh, four for the entire year. Um, McDonald was also a midfielder that year, wasn't he? Because then he got DPP last year back into defence because he was a midfielder technically after the same year Zebo was in defence. So that could have been a slight Uh, correlation between the two. Well, because I I think Abdul started McDonald and then he went to defence and then he moved him on last year. So he he brought in McDonald because a good score and I think Hall's injury and he was like, well, it's got to be McDonald, isn't it? And then he'll pick up defensive status and that. Paul, um, sorry, McDonald is also one that could probably push up the ground as well. Uh, as far as uh, if there's one to kind of be susceptible to be moved as far as a position, it probably, I think, could be McDonald because you could have a Taron Thomas play a McDonald I th- role. Uh, I think that he's too important down there because they don't have anyone else who can guard smalls. Okay, um, fair enough. So if, if um, and I think you might be right with, you know, Zebul possibly with the kickouts if McDonald's not. Um, and it's kind of like Luke Hodge. You have someone who's... Uh, you know, Even if he gets mature enough as a director and he say, hey, this is need, what I want. Yeah, he doesn't need a well, hundred forty kickouts. That out. was the real start of that quarterback role in the AFL. Yeah, it's like having Luke well, and he's a, often often when say Aaron Hall took it, he'd just kick it to Zebel anyway. So <laughs> Zebel yeah. doesn't necessarily need all the kickouts to to score well, but he had a huge ceiling in that year. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't three fifty k. Like there, I don't think there is a better mid-pricer with a better previous scoring profile that you could bank on out, like, I mean, at all. Like, everyone else has a lot of too many question oh, marks. Okay, so the the other thing, and, I, and I've put this as, so I've got three breakouts. The Zeebel's the main one. The, the, the third one. Oh, I can I shit on Zeebel before no, you move? before you do that, I had the third on the list was Taron Thomas just because I was yes. like, do not pick um, because he's going to be off with, well, who knows with all this personal uh, What stuff is happening with Taron Thomas is the question, that, yeah. Well, so I don't I, – I can't see him lining up round one with everything. No, neither can I, but no. they haven't announced anything. They've just said he's taking time from the club. What does that mean? Yeah. So is he going to get suspended? Yeah. Well, is I, it... I'm gathering so. Like I, I'm sitting there thinking North are planning with life without Taron Thomas. And that, yeah. uh, it would be hard oh, for them. I don't know about that. A... Same as, you know, um, Clarko took some time off and then came back in and just yeah, walked through the door. Yeah, but then look at, like, Pat, look at John Patton and, and after he, you know, and then that no, was that the one was for leave and the other one I think was more mental health. I don't think he's leaving for mental health. I think it's kind of like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's real. Take some time off, get yeah. your stuff together, as in you need to change your personal life. Personal, yeah, but it depends yeah. on how that all plays out too and stuff nah, like I think that. it's I, fine. I, like Smoke you might come back at some point, but I, I don't, I can't see him starting the season. Uh, no, he might miss the start of the season or he'll come back and he'll be a little bit out of shape and then have to kind of get into it. But yeah. I, I wouldn't mind him in a draft league. There's a lot um, more talk about it down here than I'm, I'm sure you guys are getting up there. So the issue with Zebel twofold. Yeah, we don't have technology, mate, so it's, it's hard. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm talking about, you know, on your news and stuff like that. Like, you know, Yeah, you that's know, true. You get yeah. Oh, and if he did, no, if I haven't he seen did, anything. What, 
yeah, if he no, did what they say he did, then yeah. you have to, you know, copy punishment. That's just how no, that, that's works. You right. Play, so I'm, I'm thinking you play stupid that, games. that just adds on to the whole Zeebel stuff because to, it might not be like with Thomas not there. And that's where, like, yeah, you when we get into that, like, jury and, and other rookies that are potential might get opportunities because yeah. Thomas might not be there for, might be a week, might be six weeks, whatever, and stuff like that. But yeah, so I just think it that definitely opens up the door role. for some important rookies. So I look forward to that chat. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. risky door. Um, twofold right. with Zeebel. Number one is um, I told Chris he'd go in the 90s. So that's definitely one reason you should consider not picking him. The other <laughs> one. The other one is as well, two years ago. So when we think about North Melbourne, the amount of turnovers they had and the amount that Zebel would just get bored because he'd pretty much, he'd get it, he'd kick it to someone else, they'd kick it to the opposition and then the opposition would kick it back into uh, North Melbourne. Someone else with Aaron Hall, but yes. Yeah. So, yeah, but then it would just come back in and they go, mm. thank you very much. I'll have this ball. I'll kick it to someone else. And then they're like, oh, let's try to take it on. And then they butcher it and it comes back in. And it was just this I see you've played Knifey Spoony before. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, so yeah. Uh, outside of, of Zebra no, guys, the, the, any other the, the, no, the, And the obvious one, um, the other one, because I think he's in 10% at the moment, it's Ben Cunnington. And there's a lot of talk about him at yeah. F4 for people too. Um, uh, yeah. Too yeah. expensive for me. Yeah. Look, I it's think an awkward he price. actually might go all right, but awkward price. Yeah, awkward price. I, I, There's I already the enough, price, right? Like you only have to pay what eighty k more to get some of the top forwards in the game. Like, agreed. I think the thought is with people: can he go a hundred again? Like, if he's playing in that midfield, why can't he go a hundred? And then he also getting, said he expects getting a to spend time forward. Yeah, well, so. that's that's what I, I think. There's now with his as great as he is. I don't think they've actually got options now. Yeah, we've talked about LDU. We've got yeah, their midfield stacks. They've got so many midfielders, and that's not before we get into those young midfielders that we will. But just even senior midfielders, they've got them. So I think Cunnington definitely gets time in there, but they don't need him to be the player. And he's coming back from you know serious injuries. Yeah, I think he kind of tops out below ninety, to be honest. But that's just me. It's more the price that I kind of just get turned off at. And again, you, there's other options that are cheaper. Or again, just go for one of those other four premiums that are standing out for not much more. Yeah. You know, go and get yourself a Taranto or a Rosie, and that's way better. Or, or a Dust Cameron sa- for forty k. Yeah, or go yeah. save yourself some money and go somewhere else. And uh, the forward line is probably not the place. If there was any place that you could pick a forty thousand <laughs> player, I would love. I would love a Sicily to be in my defense this year because that'd be amazing from last year, as in price wise. There's just mm. not much around. Like a 450k as as... player that you're like, man, this guy could be 100 yeah. and whatever. Yeah. yeah there is like a that. 350k guy that could be 100 and whatever. Um, I don't know if you heard of him, Jack Zebel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's get into these rookies. And there's a lot. I'm just going to name, on, I'll, gr- I'll group the first two because the two absolute um, high premiums in Harry Sheasel and George Wardlaw. 198k forward is Sheasel. And Wardlaw, 193, midfielder, pick three and four boys. Pass and pass. Um, Wardlaw, if he was a pure mid, I could probably be tempted, but I don't think he will be, especially with the amount of depth they have. And Sheasel, again, is that forward. He's not going to play midfield. He was that dynamic forward sort of mid type. I think they play him as a forward, maybe even a, a small forward or something to get him some games, but you generally don't score well enough in that role. 
And um, he's going to take a little bit of time as well. So Sheasel did have, I think it was kind of like Rockcliffe numbers, huge um, Supercoach scores and ratings and all the rest of it for some of these games. But um, I think it's just a pass and a pass, especially at that price. Right. Yeah, I think it's a wait and see on both of them, unfortunately. Um, but um, mostly because of opportunity. Like I just don't see that. The, the big thing about these big you know, high-end mid or mid-forward types when they roll through is are they rolling into a midfield where they're going to be able to get some good time in there? Um, you know, we've seen that you know, the last few years. I mean, even I had the reservations for Ashcroft this year, but now it looks like he's going to get like 50% CBAs and be a, a great, great selection. I can't see that for these guys. And for that reason, unless they're playing like a Walsh-type wing where they're actually going to get a lot of time there and, and play 85% time on ground because you're an absolute machine, um, and we yeah, you rarely see that. It's just, yeah, the expensive rooks like that, nah, not for me. She's all 16% at the moment. Oh, that's horrible. horrible. Wow. Uh, all keep right, keep so, a league, I'm keen. I think he'll, yeah, again, keep that DPP. So, so we move on to the also very expensive at 192, and that was Josh Gota, who's in 24% at the moment. Now, I've been really big on him because I love the fact that he can kick left and right, um, thought really good, composed, and I th- was – confident that he would have one of those halfback roles, especially with everything going on with Thomas. Doesn't seem to be the case with the reports coming out of preseason and that. Like I do, I think he's been in a bit of the the B team in their in their match sims and stuff like that. So he has somebody who was locked in my side has come out of my side. Um what are your thoughts, boys? Yeah, I've actually um I've gone completely cold on him, but I do have a spot for him if he does turn around and go, yeah, okay, I'm actually going to be in here. The problem is obviously at his price, if he doesn't start, then you can't really get him at any time. Like there's no way that you're going to downgrade to 192 grade, 192K defender mid. So um, yeah, he's he's in there. If Caulfield, you know, if he gets up and Caulfield doesn't, I'll be going Caulfield down to Goda. That's really where I see I sit with it at the moment. Um, there's a chance though, if, if Taron Thomas misses six weeks, you know, you could get someone like a Goda in there, but, I actually think the Drury might be slightly ahead of him um, in that specific role. Uh, and uh, I think in the match, Sam Drury was actually playing with the you know, the probables, not the possibles. And so therefore yep. you're like, okay, well, the only way that I see Goda then is potentially more time on the wing rather than the half back. And he actually has spent some time up on the wing. But again, they just have so many mids. Where does that time come from? Um, is there an opportunity? I can't say holistically at this point that, yeah, Goda's going to be playing round one, um, especially on a wing with a stacked midfield. Yeah, it's so again, once, for, for now. Once Zeebel I'm came really in too, Zeebel in, he's, yeah. that's another person in that defensive line. So Zeebel goes back there and he's out yeah. for me. There's also, uh, and also Jackson Archer, which is slightly more expensive. I think he's 210K. I think he probably plays in that back line before. Um, before, say, a Goda. Now, I think he's more in tune to, say, be a, a lockdown small. He's not going to be a, you know, necessarily a rebounding defender or anything like that. But um, that's one way you could release, say, a, a Luke McDonald up the field if that's the, if that's the way they wanted to go. You could play Jackson Archer out of that pocket and he could be your real lockdown guy, hard at it, inside bull for in defense, you know. Um, but that, that's the thing, only way know- that I can see that happening. One thing you know about Archer as well, though, is he's very accurate at the target. <laughs> well, boom. Um, so yeah, so so and that and that links in with Lake Drury, the 102k 
um, mid forward and that because yeah he has definitely gone past him by all reports there so um, he's the one that's come into my side and it seems to come into a lot of sides I think he's now 31 percent so most of the uh, super coach community has jumped on that where yeah so there's still quite a few of Goda and I think um, would not surprise whichever one of the two are picked that'll probably be around that 50 percent mark um, come from, yeah especially if, if it's jury at 102k like yeah, if he's there round one, everyone should be owning him then. Yeah, and the, the difference is at 102K, I can put him on my bench and if he ends up being a sub, it's, it doesn't impact you as much. If Goda becomes a sub, you're losing cash. You're actually neck neck losing. So he needs to be, yeah, coming out of the gates firing and I'm just not sure that that's all going to be available to him from the get-go. I read somewhere right. Drury was compared to Caleb Daniel as well. Yeah. So during this preseason, so that kind of just, you yeah, know, that, type of player probably provides them something different. And especially when you have an, an aging Aaron Hall, it's like, okay, well, yes, Aaron Hall, you can do a job. Or we have this young guy who's very mobile, really accurate kick. It's like, maybe we give him a go to show supporters that we're actually kind of trying to develop some youth and move forward rather mm. than get this guy who's been, you know, valuable and can take it on. But I don't think Aaron Hall's that irreplaceable, boys. So I think they might actually look to the future at some point. Exactly. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's Clark, I really want the kids and stuff like that. But when he first got to Hawthorne, he had all the faith in the kids. That there's, you know, Buddy, Giraffe, Cyrils, Hodgie, Mitchell weren't, weren't that old. You know, it, it was a young team that they brought through. Um, and, that, and I think that's where, you know, you're starting off at ground zero. So you're going to give some of these young fellas an opportunity because you're trying to build long-term success here. Um, before Hopefully not opportunity the, with the kickouts that Jack Zebel is going to be dominating, right? Yeah. Before we get into the la- well, the main one, um, I'm just going to touch on Charlie Com- Comden. Um, Comden at 123k yep. forward. I, I know there's been a bit of chat in our group chats about that. Chris, do you want to expand on uh, anything? On yeah, I mean, obviously he's been playing key forward. Actually, busted his nose at training recently, um, but apparently he's been absolutely killing it. Um, so he, as far as um, we do have a bit of an inside track, and I won't you know, mention names or anything like that. But uh, as far as we've been told, he's under the impression that he's in their best 22 and, and looking to line up round one. Um, so the only thing is from a super coach perspective is, of course, key forwards. So you, you just take it with a grain of salt, of course. But, you know, 123K, if there's no one else, you got to throw him in, right? So is there no one else? Yep. Is there no one else? Could be a, a sub out risk. Though obviously Charlie Common, tall guy, he's um, also can pinch in the ruck. Yeah, you know, what does that ruck system look like? Are they going to be going with just you know just Todd and then Charlie Common? Um, is that backup or are they going to have the the, two, the specific two rucks? Are they going to run like a, a Jacob Edwards through oh, there got, or something similar? Well, Cherry was the one last. Year. Or Cherry? Yep. Oh, yep. Don't forget so, Common Jones. He's he's everyone's man. <laughs> well, so I think they've been playing three rucks in the team at times in the yeah. in the um, in the match sim. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they actually um, turn around with that. And Goldie, big unknown as well, got the ruck gig again halfway through and then kept it. It's going to be really interesting to see how you know Clarko uses that that ruck setup this year. He Thanos right, the so, shit out of that ruck line and went, oh, yeah. I'll do this myself. All right, let's get on to, <laughs> let's get on to the number one rookie, fifty percent of teams, one hundred and fifty-eight k. Will Phillips, do you have him at M eight or M nine? That's the only decision because he's in everyone's <laughs> team. <laughs> Um, I have him at M8 at the moment, but I've, I've flirted with him at M9. And the, the, the reason is um, bef- like, there was a few reports this week and, la- and late last week 
that he was just absolutely burning up the track and killing it inside. And I was a little bit worried that he could potentially be that 23rd guy um, that they want to have as a sub. But no, I don't think so now. I think that he's going to be a midfielder. Um, probably from the bench. I don't think he's in their best three, but I think that he's probably maybe fourth or fifth rotations. And that's enough at his price to be an absolute lock in most people's teams. I think he probably averaged somewhere between 70 to 80. So it's not like a huge out there prediction, but it's it's definitely going to be a good on-field option. And most weeks he should be fairly level with his scoring pattern. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be having him in my team. Just, just depends on where it's on-field or at um, M8, like I said. I think it's on field. Uh, the only issue is that midfield is quite thin, realistically speaking. Outside of Johnson, there's you know unless you're playing a Sin or or a Jinbi or someone like that in that midfield mix, it's generally quite thin at the moment. I'm waiting for someone to stand up through that midfield, and the lack of talk is concerning. So I, I don't mind him there. I have had the issue is if I have Hewitt, then you're going well. Hewitt's on the bench, and you don't really want Hewitt on field for West Coast. So. I think it has to be Phillips on field. And again, this is someone who um, I heard early things about, said to everyone he's going to be the biggest lock as far as you know rookies for this season. And so far the talk has only increased since then. So I stand by my original comments uh, two months ago. Yeah, I don't like the fact of having I've, – I've tried it with the 160K guy in Phillips and then the 150K guy in Hewitt sitting on my bench. And, that, and then the problem is if one of them is actually scoring well, how do you then get them on – your field because that means if you've got both of them on your bench, that you have to start with Ash- a loop in. You've, well, you've yeah. you've got Ashcroft at M8 then for that. So, and I think yeah. we're all backing Ashcroft to be, you know, a really good scorer and that. So, yeah, do I, I'm more than happy to loop around Phillips and Hewitt on any given week. But by the way, they're sort of named in the sides and stuff like that. I'm probably going to stuff that one up every week. I'll probably get the wrong one on field. Yeah, but at least it yeah. gives an option for one of them to be on field. Where the other one, um. The only the way, one, sorry, Ashcroft wouldn't sorry. be M eight is if you had Jinbi in your midfield mix. That's the only way. Otherwise, Ashcroft, yeah, would be. Yeah, that's no. Yeah. The, the other one that's um, that's putting some questions up in uh, midfield at the moment is Jack Bytel, who's the same price pretty much as Will Phillips. So whether or not if I'm not, and the problem with him is again sub risk. <laughs> so he was a sub for he's been a sub in in past, um, and he's never really hit the ground running. But by all reports. He had an absolutely fantastic back end of the year in the VFL um, and he's had a great preseason. So he could be, again, new coach. He could be under different consideration. He could get some more mid-time. He could be in their best 22. It's just something that I've got to wait and see on um, to be able to evaluate that. But is he better than Phillips? Well, no way. <laughs> no way. Not at this stage of the preseason. So, um, so yeah, definitely locking in Phillips on field for me. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that's the North Melbourne rookies. Um, oh, draft- no, there's one more. Oh, one more. A rookie also breakout. Um, Bergman, defender, 117k oh, yeah. could he could break out from a minus one average and get into the positives. <laughs> well, you'd think it's it's all uphill from here. You'd think. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've they've got a lot of um, options that they can throw down there in defence. I mean, look, it's going to be interesting to see how they are going to work this from a Clarko perspective. I expect a lot of this change in turnover at the end of this year. Um, I mean, they got guys like Bailey Scott. What's his? Where's his role? What's his? Yeah, he's what's he doing draft this Smokey. He was awesome for me last year. Um, really rewarded it. But uh, why would you bring Scott up into D listings? 
What? Well, no, I just think what's his role at the club? Yeah, that's like, the thing. It's 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 the hard thing because I love like owning him last year was great in draft because it was a guy I picked up on the waivers. Yeah, and he he scored really well, and I think he's one if for whatever reason like Hall, if Thomas doesn't line up, if Hall's gone down injured, um, and McDonald's short up on that wing, he can go back down that back line and and be handy there. But I feel like he's a little bit of a mixed Mister Fix It. He can sort of fit in and play of different roles and stuff. So yeah, he probably I don't comes in off the like bench him and at plays the moment. He's the one that again I'm waiting on the waivers. If there's mass injuries at North, I'm going to be trying to pick him up straight away because he can fix a hole down there. I don't think he's a defender in general. Like I know he he is and was last year, but generally he was, you know, like part bit midfield, part bit wing, part bit forward. So I agree with the fix it scenario, but I don't think he's a defender. And no, I think, I think he's got to settle on a wing. He he's got to settle on a wing. So do I. Yeah, but so he goes I. and fixes that hole if they get a hole down. If Zeeble yeah. like, went down or whatever, they go, okay, Bailey Scott, you're going down there for six weeks or whatever it is. If Zeeble goes down, they use one of the other five guys they have in defense at yeah, the but moment. That, but they'll they'll use, it depends on how long because they might not want to, let's just say Luke McDonald's set on the wing. They might not upset that. They'll go, okay, Bailey Scott, you're going to go fix this hole for four weeks. Oh, okay, now we've got another injury here. Bailey Scott, you're going to go fix that hole. And that I think that's what he is. He is the fixer of North Melbourne because he can just play anywhere, but he doesn't really have a set position. So he's all he's good to own in draft if he's fixing that role for a certain amount of time. Yeah, I'm not um, he's a waiver scenario, guy. How many games until Jaden Stevenson retires or gets delisted? Gets delisted. That's a great question. <laughs> Did I have Stephenson on it? No, the other two I had on there was I had Darcy Tucker, um, the change of clubs yeah. opportunity, likely to play wing. Um, so a, a good depth option there. And the other one I had was Aiden Core, just because we talked about that idea that it could be him and not Zeeble, yep. but it's most likely to be Zeeble. But we know Core has had that patch before where yep. he can be that sort of intercept guy and, and, and you know, able to rack them up. Does Stevenson's waiting for the end of the year. Sorry? Stevenson wants to go on holiday with Pollock. I don't know. If, like, <laughs> that's a hard thing. I don't know about Liam Shields. And so he was, was playing in the B team team, yeah. in the in the match sim, but that could be just to get a hard body into the midfield. I don't know. Well, is, well, I mean, he's well, a, he's a well, Clarko boy, like, right? They got guys like Hugh Hugh Greenwood too. Like remember, and, uh, like yeah. how many? How deep do they go? Like we're talking Cunnington, Shields, Greenwood, well, Dan, Daniel Howe. You know, what, yeah. what's, what's what's he doing? Like I don't. Right. And, I don't and they've it. already brought in. You'd think they've brought in Tucker. And Logue to be best twenty-two. They're not leaving Frio to, you know, sit in the reserves there. Aiden Bonner, you know, is another guy that has come across. He's not probably getting a look in, and that Jaden. We've talked about Stephenson just then, like how quickly he gets kind of booted. But they've got they've got a lot of guys that could be in that best twenty-two, but it's kind of a mix of fifteenth to thirty on the list. There's fifteen guys there fitting into like seven positions. Yeah. No, We're also doing what Carlton that. did and just trying to raid some talent from other teams and hope they come good. <laughs> yeah. Nah. And that's why I think that there'll be a lot of list turnover at the end of this year. I think that Clarko's first year is going to be a, a bit of finding out what he's got. And, and yeah, that and part of this is, yeah, I mean, you know, Jack, go behind the ball. We know what you can provide for us. You're only going to be here two years anyway. I mean, what's he going to do, you know? Um, interesting at North. Interesting. So look forward to it. And I look forward to seeing them in match soon for sure. Yeah, for sure. They're a good one. I think they're playing Richmond in one of their, uh, their that first little hit out. So I've had a couple of people ask me, am I going to go down to that? So I probably probably will go and check that out. So down at Arden Street. So that'll be a real interesting nice. game. 
take some notes. Yeah, might take a few notes. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys, I think that pretty much wraps us up for yeah. now, doesn't it? It, sure it does. does. Might have even beaten the D's as far as timeline. So well, um, look, it's they're getting, actually it's probably close. more relevant than Melbourne. Oh, they, they, <laughs> they are definitely because of the rookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. a lot of ins and outs, a lot of rookies and changes as well. I, I might be getting to the G Long and Brisbane game up here if I get allowed. So I believe I've got a <laughs> ticket. I just depends on baby and baby, basically two babies. Chris, half of what you have. <laughs> exactly right. I won't be going. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Well, that, well, that's it from us. Uh, all the good teams are coming up. Port Adelaide, Richmond, Sydney, Western Bulldogs. Uh, stay tuned for sure. Thanks, guys. That's it from us. Cool. All right. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they asked me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.